I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Tax the Rich has always been a great bumper sticker. Now it's become the back of a ballroom gown. Congresswoman Ocasio Cortez, of course, uh, had that on the back of her dress at the lavish Met Gala. Uh, Her message spoke uh, to her agenda, really, the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. It's uh, a policy that Democrats are pursuing as they're trying to figure out how to pay for over $5 trillion in spending that is currently on the table in the House of Representatives. But we have to get beyond the bumper sticker and the back of the dress to figure out who do we tax and how. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, it is the ever-popular populist message of tax the rich. That's the answer to it all. But, of course, we know we have to get beyond the headline, the bumper sticker, and the back of the dress to actually get to what is going on and how we actually solve some of those financial issues and challenges. To help us do that, we turn to one of our favorite inside sources, Jay Evenson from the Deseret News. Jay, thanks for joining us on a Friday. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Boyd. Hey, it's uh, it's bumper sticker season, back of the dress season. Who knew? Uh, so the next time uh, you're going out in your big tuxedo uh, to your big ritzy ball, uh, you can make sure you put something on the back. Maybe you could sell advertising. Uh, but this really isn't the answer. Uh, many people, again, want to jump on the bandwagon. Oh, that's the easy one. Let's tax the rich. Uh, you, I'm not very good at math, but you've done some of the math, and it just doesn't add, it just doesn't add up. <clears throat> well, I, re- I reported on some of the math. It was actually the Committee for Responsible federal budget that did the math a few years ago and they said look if you really if you really want to take care of the deficit um, you'll need to raise the top marginal rate which is currently 37 percent to 102 <clears throat> percent now I'm guessing that that last two percent would be pretty hard to uh, collect but <laughs> but it just it goes to illustrate that we can't solve uh, the problem uh, by just taxing the very wealthiest among us. They went a little farther and they said, okay, let's say we want to just drop the deficit to about 2.2% of our gross domestic product, which is what it was historically before the Great Recession. By the way, it's it's over 13% of GDP right now. So to do that, um, then you, you could set the top rate of 65%. But, you know, it was Albert Einstein who said the hardest thing to understand in the world is the income tax. And uh, you can't say he was no Einstein. He was Einstein, and he really <laughs> dealt with a lot of really hard things. But what's hard to understand about the income tax is that there are consequences to every decision you make. You're not really going to be collecting that 65% because the wealthy are going to find ways to try to get out of it or they're going to move their wealth overseas, or they're going to do something that that's going to hurt the economy. So it's never as easy as just taxing the rich. 
We have in this country a spending problem, not a taxing problem. Yeah, and and everything you're talking about is is just dealing with the deficit. That's not that's not even <laughs> budging in terms of the almost twenty nine trillion dollar we've already uh, racked up in debt. And of course, the big battle now is talking about okay, we've got to raise the debt ceiling. And and what most people don't recognize is that in raising that debt ceiling, that's just so we can pay the interest. On the twenty, almost twenty nine trillion, we've are already spent, and we ultimately have to pay for. Yeah, the biggest concern right now is is uh, inflation is kind of rearing its head, and if uh, if if we ever have to raise uh, interest rates, if, if rates ever go up on on that debt that we owe, that's going to hit us in every sector of our economy. Uh, we we've been fortunate for several years. The interest payments on our debt really haven't gone up much, despite the fact that we've run up enormous debts. And, um, you know, there, there's a popular theory back in Washington right now called the modern monetary theory. And what it basically says is that, you know, we don't have to worry about deficits as long as the economy is growing and we still have the ability to print more money to pay off uh, what we owe. It's a very dangerous uh, approach. And we are the world's uh, reserve uh, currency, but that's not, a, that's not a birthright. That's not something that's going to last necessarily forever. And other countries who have just tried to print their way out of problems, uh, it hasn't ended well for them. Yeah, and I, I think that is, uh, again, if you're looking, if your theory includes taxing the rich at 102%, let that sink in a little bit uh, as you're driving along in your car today. If we tax the rich at a hundred and two percent of what they make, good luck with that. As as you mentioned, Jay, the last two percent yeah. may be the hardest to get. Uh, <laughs> but but none of that just really adds up uh, in the end. And as you said, if that uh, interest rate goes up at all, uh, there you could confiscate all the money of the of the rich, and that's still not going to put a dent in that one. Well, I keep coming back to the the Simpson Bowles plan, which was now over a decade ago, and President Obama convened a committee and, and uh, put uh, um, uh, Simpson and Bowles in charge of it, and they came out with a, a really good plan, and it, it required some tax increases for everyone, but it would cut 2 to $3 for every dollar it raised in new taxes. They, they understood the depth and breadth of the problem that we had, and I say had in past tense because the problem is a lot worse now than it was in, in 2010. But it got absolutely nowhere. They couldn't even get a, uh, a unanimous vote of their own committee for it. And even President Obama just kind of pushed it to the side, even though he's the one who had appointed them. It gives you an idea of just how, how difficult it is to really tackle this problem. Um, but nobody seems to want to really face the depth and breadth of it. Yeah, it is a political will problem. I think people do understand the math and the dynamics. And, and of course, all of those things that raise inflation – uh, as we print money, that always ends up hurting the poor and the most vulnerable the most. Jay Evenson, always appreciate your perspective. And again, uh, no more bumper stickers, tax the rich. Uh, we're going to come up with something better for the back of your tuxedo next time around. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Jay. <laughs> Thanks, Boyd. All right. Uh, again, this is, uh, this is complicated stuff, and yet it is so simple. Uh, easy to say tax the rich. Uh, but as Jay rightly pointed out, this is not a tax problem. This is a spending problem. And those spending problems are going to continue to move forward. A little later on in the show, we're going to come back to this. Uh, Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska gave a great speech on the floor of the Senate this week talking about what...
Representative Ocasio-Cortez might have put on the back of her dress that might have been a little bit more accurate in terms of who is going to get taxed. It's not the rich. It's the young. Stay with us. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor, Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.